Okay, welcome into the Golf Preview Podcast and RJ Bell's dream preview for BMW Championship Week. My name is Will Doctor alongside James Ledbetter. Welcome aboard as we give you the latest as far as the second week of the FedEx Cup playoffs is concerned. Led, neither one of us had Zal to win at the FedEx St. Jude Championship, but what what an opportune time for him to win amid a week where uh, the, the leaderboard in Memphis was relatively unappealing through about 36 holes. Yes, uh, it looked like a bit of a Barbasol field uh, through 36 holes in terms of the top 10. And then uh, the cream started to rise to the top. You know, obviously we had a couple guys miss cut kind of out of nowhere. Um, Scotty Scheffler, Rory uh, missing the cut on the Jordan. number. Jordan. Five over, um, five over for two days for speed. Yeah, he's uh, he's lost. He's getting swing tips from JT on the range uh, pre-round. I don't exactly – I was looking at his numbers this week. Obviously, his being a little juiced off a rough week, but it seemed like last week was so rough. I don't even know if he can come back from that. And, you know, it's a quick turnaround, obviously. Yeah, I saw some stuff on Twitter of him getting kind of prepped up for the week in Delaware and – uh, he was working on some things at the top of the backswing that just looked like it, it was automatic stay away for the, from from him this week. Just some housekeeping for my picks regarding last week's FedEx St. Jude Championship. I had two out of my four matchups, which were Sung JM over Tom Kim and Will Zalatoris over Cam Young. So it was nice to have the winner in some fashion. The two matchups that I did not hit were Scheffler over Smith in round one. And Lowry over Hatton, uh, total. Uh, Lowry, not a good weekend. Tyrell played pretty well. No uh, temper tantrums. So, you know, that's good for Tyrell. Uh, as far as my picks to place were concerned, Hovland had the backdoor top 20 finish, uh, which was nice. Neither Wise top 20 nor Shoffley top 20 hit. Um, after they both made the cut in Memphis. So a bit of a downer there. And as far as winners are concerned, Canlay, Burns, and Munoz all made the cut, uh, but fizzled out over the weekend. So that was the third week in a row without an outright winning ticket. Uh, led hopefully, uh, you know, the tables turn in Delaware this week. Yeah, I had a brutal week. I uh, cut up my card into a million pieces and then set it on fire. So we are on to uh, the BMW we are on to Delaware. We're playing Wilmington Country Club this week. It's a par 71, 7,543-yard 7, golf course that features four par threes, three par fives, two of those par fives being over 600 yards. One of them I saw was 651. Um, in terms of the golf course, obviously everyone's playing for the first time. It's the first time it's hosted a PGA Tour event. I know they host some USAMs back in the day. Yeah. Got a uh, Yeah, 20 – uh, yeah, and then 2013 Walker Cup uh, as well, which featured Justin Thomas and Daniel Berger. Berger not in the field, but uh, JT was here in 2013. Wow, that's that's quite the little nugget you found there. Um, so yeah, he's one of the few guys who's actually played it competitive in a competitive sense. Um, the greens are sloped fast. What's new? You know, it's PJ Tour golf course. Uh, bent fairways, bent greens, pretty thick rough this week. Um, from what I've heard. You know, if you're 200 yards out, it's quite a detriment in the sense that, you know, obviously it's going to be tough to control your golf ball. You can be, you know, if you're hitting from 120 out, you can certainly advance the ball to the green. Um, given the fact that the greens are extremely big, um, you know, coming out of the rough is obviously going to be a disadvantage because, you know, whether it's you're trying to put it on the proper tier, there's a lot of sectioned off greens because they are so big. You know, you're going to see, you know, 
some areas, you know, up to even three tiers. So it's going to be super important to be coming out of the fairway. Uh, but, you know, for some of the bombers out there, I think it is going to be an advantage. They're going to be able to kind of bomb and gouge it a little bit versus uh, some of these guys. If you're, you know, 185 and four inch rough, it can be, you know, extremely difficult. Second largest greens, I believe the guys are going to be facing on uh, this this year on the PJ Tour. Um, so I think it's going to definitely be important to look at three putt avoidance. Uh, we have some stats uh, for those. I know Xander, Sam Burns are up there in terms of the fact that they, they do not three putt very often. Bunker play certainly going to be uh, looking at that given, you know, the way uh, the golf course is designed. You know, if you do miss, you're either going to kind of be in that thick rough, some of those collection areas, and certainly in those bunkers. Ton of shots this week between 125 and 200. So obviously you're going to look at strokes gain approach like we always do. Yeah, and and uh, Wilmington, you know, has a a great closing stretch. Final four holes, from what I've seen, you know, fifteen is a par three that can play two hundred and thirty four yards with water everywhere. Uh, Sixteen is a a drivable par four, three ninety three. Uh, Seventeen par four, that's usually twelve for the members. But uh, from what I've seen on the maps, it's just absolutely loaded with sand from tee to green and then the 18th is a dog leg left uh with an uphill um approach so the last four holes pretty good stretch we should see some dramatics and as far as the history is concerned from this for this golf course uh you know there's there's been never been a pga tour event here but there's been some pretty good finishes um, at some USGA events over the years here 1971 USAM uh Gary Cowan hits his uh, you know, a, a very historical shot by holding out for Eagle uh, to beat 19-year-old Eddie Pierce um, in the 1971 USAM. Uh, I actually so, read, that, read that article. Wonder yeah. If the, wonder if he's got a plaque there. Yeah, I well, I, I think they, you know, they they recognize him to some extent um, in the clubhouse. And then, yeah, we talked about 2013 Walker Cup. Uh, not only JT and Boogie were there, P. Raj was always was also on that U.S. team, um, and then probably the most you know historically fascinating aspect about this course is this was a frequent charity match uh, location uh, for Jack and Arnie, and Arnie claims that his eighth hole in one, uh, Arnold Palmer is Arnie for anyone who doesn't know. I assume all of you know. Arnie claims his eighth hole in one was here, but on the scorecard that Wilmington has, uh, there's no hole in one on the match that he's referring to. So it could have happened in a practice round. Who knows? Interesting. I doubt he didn't make it up. You know, I, I doubt he's on any, uh, you know, missigned scorecard, P. Reed type stuff. But yeah, and in, and in terms of the FedEx Cup, right, we're going to be narrowing it down to the top 30 yeah. East Lake. Doc, I looked at the points and how heavily weighted stuff is and where guys are. I feel like if you're in the top 20 going into this week, you're pretty much safe. Unless kind of obviously those 30 through 45 guys, you know, really had good weeks. Does that kind of seem right? If you're in the top 20, you're pretty much safe for Eastlake. Yeah, I would I would I would think so. I would think 20 to 25. Um, you know, it is you'd have you know. to get unlucky. You'd have to have like 35 through 40 you know, through 40 and kind of finish in that top five area because of how heavily weighted it is. Right. And, and there's no, there's no cut this week. Uh, no, so, cut this week. no. Yeah. So I, I think you're right in the sense that anything, you know, 
20 and in would really, you know, have to finish DFL or something and then, you know, have a guy that's, um, you know, just outside of 30, um, you know, come in. Aaron Wise is at number 31, who's been playing great, great distance off the tee, has had a solid year. Number 33 is KH Lee, who finished 20th last week in Memphis, has a win this year. Shane Lowry led number 37, had a disappointing weekend in Memphis, but without a doubt is the best player 2022 without a win. And then you got a guy like Adam Scott, who's at number 44. He finished fifth in Memphis last week and moved from number 77 to number 45. So, you know, I, I expect to see a lot of movement between the the 20 mark and the and like the 35 or the 30 mark in between those two those 10 spots. I I, I expect to see a lot of fluctuation. Uh Lucas Glover, uh, we haven't talked about him in since the fall, since we were talking about mm-hmm. Krista. So, uh, you know, he has a chance. He's been playing really well. So I think a lot can happen in Delaware. It's a fun course for it to happen to long golf course. Patrick Reed or Patrick Cantlay, sorry, um, said that there, you know, there's a lot of features, features of Wilmington that are reminiscent of Caves Valley where the BMW was last year. Um, so th- there's going to be some interesting aspects to look of course, at. The defending champion, of course, the defending champion saying that too, right? Doc, yeah, one more yeah, yeah, yeah. Go one ahead. more thing to know. Also, speed golf season. Um, look for Kevin Na's record to potentially be broken in terms of. I think he got it. He got it in an East Lake in two hours or something. He played eighteen holes. Uh, you know, given the fact I I did see the pairings this week are twosomes. So if we do have wow. a withdrawal, that's if pure. We, if we do have a withdrawal, right, we could see a one-some situation where the guy goes off first and tries to uh, take down that Kevin Na record, which might already be a race because he's uh, banned from the PGA Tour. Yeah, so, we, we could uh, totally see a withdrawal situation with with someone like Hideki, uh, you know, with the rumors. Don't like that. Don't you know? like that. He's on my card this week, baby. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I've been hearing some things floating around with Cam Smith. You know, what's the real reason he's out of there? Not sure. He's not in the field. Uh, so we'll update you more um, on Cam Smith for next week's edition for the Tour Championship. So the format for today's show will be we're going to go over the top six favorites as far as the odds are concerned. And then we'll move into our matchups and picks to place. After that, we'll prep you with the outright winners and dark horses, including uh, a bonus from yours truly. And then we'll wrap things up with lineups, scoring predictions um, and best bets. So let's get it rolling here with, uh, with Rory at 10 to one. Rory MC, Olroy, McElroy, McElroy, 10 to 1. Uh, Rory obviously coming off a miscut last week at the FedEx St. Jude. I think he's a tough guy to play at 10 to 1 in this deep of a field. Now, let's not overreact to the miscut. You know, he, he did miss the cut on the number. Uh, he actually only hit 39% of the fairways last week and lost strokes on the greens and still, you know, almost did make the cut. You know, obviously depends on how you look at it. Doc, a lot of times, Books overreact a little bit to miscuts. You know, who knows? If he sh- makes the cut on the number and shoots 63 on Saturday, you know, we're maybe looking at him as a potential contender on Sunday. And instead, obviously, he, uh, you know, got to Delaware a couple days earlier through in the Jupiter trip. Mm-hmm. Anyways, though, um, you know, I think I'd be pretty surprised if the ball striking didn't come back to what we normally see from Rory. He has six top tens in his last nine starts. Five of those are top fives. So Rory is still balling. 
let's not freak out. Um, but yeah, the books, they didn't move him much. I feel like if he would have finished top 10, he still would have been 10 to one, nine to one, that same area. So not much value here. You know, if you can potentially find him um, as a dog in a matchup, uh, you know, we definitely, that could be something we could look at, see if we could find the book overreaction there. But other than that, I am out on Rory at 10 to one. Yeah, I think there was a lot of debate over the weekend and the frequent question that was asked was, would you see an athlete take three weeks off uh, before the playoffs in any other sport? And, you know, the differences, the PGA Tour playoffs are not the the largest event on the golf schedule. They're not major championships. So at this point in time with the, the FedEx Cup playoffs being, you know, less than 20 years old, you know, it's still gaining the historical importance. And I think the, you know, the tour is still playing around with the format, uh, you know, changing its current playoff system. But the bottom line is I'm out on Rory this week. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to take anyone uh, that opens at, at 12 to one last week, misses the cut and then drops to 10 to one. I think the best case scenario for Rory is that he notches a, a top 20 finish to keep himself ranked number three or four. I think he's at four Cam Smith's at three, whatever he's at, keep himself where he is on the FedEx cup money list and maintains a position where he can still win at Eastlake. I will not be taking the Rory top 20 minus two twenty ticket, uh, but hopefully he wakes up from his four week nap in Delaware. Yeah, doc. Can we, you know, didn't get a lot right last week, but in terms of fading Rory, him talking about, he said he didn't have a, he didn't have a workout, a vegetable for two weeks, three weeks, whatever. Going didn't take a swing. Yeah. Um, Would you see, I, I don't think you'd see Tom Brady doing that uh, for three weeks before the playoffs. No, I don't think you would either. I think, uh, you know, Rory obviously has a pri- his uh, mindset on his, you know, majors are obviously a priority for him. I think, if he finishes third, obviously he wants to win the FedEx Cup. You'd assume, but based on the scheduling of uh, Rory the last couple of weeks, maybe not. Um, well, you would assume with, with with how Mr. PGA Tour uh, that he's been, he'd take these playoffs seriously. I just, I don't, I, I, I simply, I don't understand it. I don't Rory, understand we got kids, we got kids looking up to you, Rory. We can't have these thirteen to fifteen year olds who play junior all stars trying to tell their, convince their parents they're going to take two weeks off before the the AJGA at Sea Island, okay? We need to, you know, dig it out of your Kobe mentality, okay? I don't think Kobe's taking two weeks off for the NBA Finals. This is what this is for the PJ Tour, okay? I'll go. I'll pump that little narrative for yeah, you. Yeah, well, no, no. Well, you got to take the you got to take the playoffs seriously if you want the if you want the fans to take them seriously, uh, mm-hmm. which at this point in time they don't. They just don't. Uh, on to Patrick Canlay at fourteen to one. So. I had Cantlay to win last week, and he was in great shape through two rounds before he lost his driver on the weekend. And that Bermuda rough at TPC Southwind was simply unplayable uh, into the fourth smallest greens on the PGA Tour, which is why he shot over par in the final two rounds. Now, as far as this week is concerned for Cantlay, I don't think we can look too far into what happened last weekend with the driver because... Over his last 11 events, he's gained strokes off the tee in eight of those in eight of those tournaments. However, with his only win this year coming at the Zurich two ball, I feel we should be getting Canley around 18 to 20, 20 to one odds to his defense. He does. Def- he does perform very well at these absurdly long golf courses with with bent grass. But 
I can't come around to that price and I don't see any matchups that are appealing. So it's going to be a pass for me on Cantley this week. Yeah, I'm out on Cantley as well. Um, I think there's just more value later on uh, on the board. But moving into our next guy, Will Zalatoris at 14 to 1. Zal finally closes one out. He got it done with three huge putts down the stretch. He gave him that Steph Curry. Uh, what are you going to say now? Uh, I believe that was on the 18th hole when he uh, um, sent it into a playoff. You know, he's one of those guys like Tony. You put yourself there enough, you're going to start to close some of that eventually. Only have to go back to last year where Tony was knocking on the door and then had Cam Smith just hand him that uh, that first playoff event on a silver platter with the uh, 50-yard block in New York on Monday. Um, but yes, last week he was 22 to one. That's Will Zalatoris. I think at 14 to one, you're jumping on it a bit late, Doc. There's a scenario where let's just say he wins this week. Okay, <laughs> let's say Zalatoris wins this week. I'm I'm never playing him at 14 to one, but I just this is more of a question for you. Uh, let's say uh, Zal, sorry, wins this week and then gets beat by Scheffler by four shots and loses Eastlake. Your thoughts on that scenario? Or gets he gets beat by the guy who's in second or third. So he wins two of the three playoff events. And then um, do you think that would be a little bit of an asterisk kind of scenario in terms of if you win two legs of the playoff events, I feel like, like you should win the FedEx Cup, right? But obviously, he's just going to be starting three or four shots back with the staggered start. Yeah, I first off, I hate the staggered start in a golf tournament. Number one, uh, number two, I don't, I, I'm not on Zal this week for your same reason. I would not be surprised if he repeats. And then for your tour championship situation, I don't think Scotty's going to get it done at East Lake, and unless he wins this week, which he's not. Uh, his lead won't be, you know, great enough. Like Cantlay last year week where he can just kind of cruise to a win. I don't think Scheffler is going to be able to get it done on the Bermuda greens, um, mm. at Eastlake, but no, I, I, that's, that scenario is, is exactly my problem with the playoffs. I, I'm, I'm anti staggered start. Everyone needs to start, you know, a, a, around the same score. Um, so I guess my answer to your question is yes, that would expose the issue uh, with the playoffs. Yeah. So Zal has finished sixth or better seven times since January, obviously, you know, extremely consistent. He's gaining strokes on the greens in three of his last four. If that becomes a norm, I think he could potentially be number one player in the world in no time. Um, if Zal's gaining strokes on the greens, you better watch out. Um, as far as this week goes 14 to one, you know, he's 22 to one last week. I just, I think there's better bets out there. You know, I know we saw Finau go back to back a couple weeks ago, but against this deep of field, it would really, uh, you know, be a, a feat. Yeah. And on to uh, John Rahm at 14 to one. And John Rahm is very close to re entering that dominant window. And let me tell you why. Him and his wife welcomed a new member um, of the family a few weeks ago and you know he's slowly finding his routine and groove again after two so-so finishes at the the Scottish and British but last week you know in Memphis he finished 10th and had his best performance from tee to green since his 10th place finish at Jack's place for the memorial uh, now with what we know about Wilm Wilmington Country Club it seems to me like it's going to be a great fit for Rob. He is a player that you can really believe in when it comes to lengthy and demanding golf courses off the tee and 
the bent grass surfaces are what he performs on best. Uh, so not only will I be on Rom um, to win at 14 to one, I'll also have um, a Rom pick to place coming your way shortly. Yeah, you know, Rom last week was 20 to one because he just hadn't really shown much form. Now 14 to one. Doc, I hate to say it. I think it's kind of similar to Azal or a couple of these guys where I feel like he might be getting on it a little too late. Um, we've seen obviously Rom price in the single digits a lot of the year. So maybe there is maybe a little bit of value still there. It's nice to obviously see that, um, you know, he is coming off a top 10. He's not exactly where he was last week where it was like, where the hell is John Rom? And I think, yes, for narrative uh, purposes, uh, the guy, he's, you know, top three strokes game narrative right now, for sure. He, he's about to find that perspective. And then, you know, yes. he, you know, he'll, I can just see him. He's going to be getting that winning winning interview. Uh, you know, I found the newfound perspective. I'm a dad, you know, second kid, dad. And then next week, he's going to be breaking seven irons over his knee. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, that's just the way it goes for Rom. But uh yeah, I'll be talking um, a little bit more about Rom as the pod goes on. Moving into our next guy, Scotty Scheffler, uh, sixteen to one. You know, Rory obviously wasn't the only big name to miss the cut at TPC Southwind. Uh, Scheffler missing the cut on the number. Um, you know, he had like an all-time awful putting performance. Uh, so let's not overreact to that, but. The guy's been really struggling with the putter uh, the last four or five weeks here, like concerning amount. This reminds me of Colin, you know, middle of the summer where it was just like, we can't even play this guy uh, given the way he's putting. Yeah, Led, you know, unlike uh, a lot of the things that I've read, I'm not looking too far into Scheffler's last four events where he lost strokes on the greens at Travelers, at Scottish, at the Open. And last week in Memphis, where he missed his first cut since the PGA, um, you know, I, I believe the course um, is, is still set up well for Scotty. You know, I, I think he could have a below average week on the greens and still find a way to, uh, you know, to finish top 20, even though I, I do not like that number. Yeah, I, you know, we're mainly just talking about the winning ticket number at 16 to one for a guy who's losing strokes on the greens in six of his last eight starts. That's no thank you every day of the week. Okay. And on to uh, matchups for uh, the BMW. I'll start it off here. I only have one this week. It's going to be Aaron wise over Russell Henley at minus minus one twenty on bet online. And unfortunately uh, the Aaron wise top 20 ticket did not hit last week after he finished 30th in Memphis. You know, he had a great week off the tee and with his irons, but the the broomstick putter simply did not cooperate, and it was a, a disaster week on the greens for Wise. But he comes to a course uh, in Wilming, Wilmington this week that that fits his game and, you know, suits him even better than last week because I guarantee you that he will putt better on the bent grass surfaces this week. Last week was Bermuda, and that's a surface that Wise is unfamiliar with since he he grew up on the the West Coast Poena and played college golf at Oregon, you know, which most of the time features bent grass, which is what is also featured this week in Wilmington. In addition, Aaron Wise has the the distance needed to contend at this golf course. Uh, and when you talk about why I'm taking wise over Henley, 
that is a huge part of the equation because Russell Henley largely struggle struggles on golf courses that require big time power off the tee. Russell Henley drives it 298 yards on average, you know, making the cut at a golf course like this for Russell Henley would be considered a great week, a great week. That's not exaggeration. When you look at how Russell Henley has performed at, a few of the golf courses that best compare to Wilmington. It has not been pretty. 60 at Caves Valley last year, 50th at Bell Reef for the 19 PGA, and his best finish at Congressional is T34 over four events there dating back to 2013. So I know there hasn't been a PGA Tour event at Wilmington, uh, but you know the best secondary option is to look at the results at courses that compare well. And that's how we've come to expose Russell Henley this week. So it's going to be Aaron Wise over Russell Henley at minus 120 on Bet Online. And I have two matchups this week. I have for my first one, Colin Morikawa over Sung JM plus 100 on DraftKings. And this one is just mainly about the number. I see these guys at pretty much the same level. Yes, Sung Jae is a bit better off the tee, but Morikawa, his irons must not be discounted. When his irons are on, it seems like it's auto top 10 for, for Colin. Um, on an unfamiliar golf course, none of these guys have played. You know, 170 yards is 170 yards. I think the unknown golf course favors the better ball striker rather than the better putter normally. Um, you know, Sungjae, obviously, you got practice rounds and stuff, and he might be getting a feel for the greens in over a two-round span. But um, for someone like Colin who seems to have his uh, irons trending in the right direction, just going back to last week at the FedEx St. Jude, where he finished, uh, you know, finished tied fifth there, obviously. But speaking of putting, Colin has made some strides with the putter. He is gaining strokes on the greens in three of his last four. Mm. Give me a locked-in Colin Morikawa at plus money all day long over Sungjae at plus 100. That one's on DraftKings, and this one also is on DraftKings. Taylor Pendrith over JT Poston, hmm. minus 110. JT Poston has finished 21st or better in his last three starts. Most of the damage has been done with the putter. Once again, we're going to be seeing new greens this week. Um, Poston, uh, the one thing he has struggled with when you look at the stats is he has lost strokes off the tee in three of his last four. Um, the putter has barely been keeping his head above water, but I think this could be the week that he drowns. Meanwhile, mm. Taylor, I'm getting the 12th best driver of the golf ball on tour. He's got 20 yards on JT Poston on a golf course that's, you know, 7,500-yard par 71. Um, it is a long golf course. Um, you know, with these large greens that we've talked about with different sections, you know, you're going to have pins that are up on top of ridges. I think it's going to be a huge advantage, the fact that uh, Taylor Pendrith is going to be hitting two less clubs in on every single hole. You know, only go to, you know, look at these some of these 650-yard par fives. Taylor Pender is probably one of the only guys in the field who might even have the fire firepower to, you know, hit some of these 600 yard par fives and two. So he's picking up a half shot on those anyways. So um, for my other matchup, that's Taylor Pendrith over JT Poston minus 110. And then recapping that other one, Colin Morikawa over Sung JM plus 100. Those could both be found on DraftKings. Okay, on to our picks to place. Uh, my first one, I have two this week. Uh, my first one's going to be Sahith Thagala, top 10 
plus 600 on DraftKings Sportsbook. And if you read up on some of the Thagala comments after his T13 finish at last week's St. Jude Championship, he is really starting to find confidence with his driving accuracy, which is huge because we all know that he has all of the distance in the world. And we've really been waiting on Tagala to get uh, to a place where he's hitting a lot of fairways. And that's what we saw him do last week in Memphis. And, you know, not only is Sahith improving the driving accuracy, but he's now gaining strokes on the greens in four of his last six events. So that is great to see from Thigal after the putter has really held him back from the winner's circle um, over the first 50%, you know, of this season, you know, until he, uh, until he really started to get it going after the Valspar. And doc, let me just chime in here with my first pick to place. So we're not beating a dead horse. Uh, I'm also going to have Sahib Figala. Let's go. Figala. Let's Top go. 20 plus 220. Like you said, um, coming off a tied 13th, the FedEx St. Jude's, even though he lost strokes with the irons, um, you know, putting has been better as of late. Gained off the tee in seven of his last eight. I think driving is going to be incredibly important. You know, he he does have an above average short game, unlike some of the elite guys, Hovland, uh, that, you know, if they have a, uh, a rough ball striking week are just, you know, auto MC or auto no chance to really contend. Um, Figala, he, uh, Figala, wait, what? Figala. Figala, sorry, Figala. Even if he hits it mediocre, the the top 20 at least isn't dead because, you know, he has been really good around the greens. So, um, you know, another young guy who, uh, you know, doesn't have reps on this golf course, but guess what? No one really does. So I think that's an advantage for the younger guys in this field, just given the fact that everyone's a PGA Tour rookie this this week. Totally. Well said, Led. Uh, on to my, so for me, that's Sahith Thigala top 10 plus 600 on DraftKings led. What's, what's your ticket exactly on there? Uh, I'm taking Sahith Thigala top 20 plus 220. And, uh, I will get in the, uh, I have to work on that last name. I think I got it that last time, right? Yeah, yeah, no, no, you got it. You're good. You're okay. good. Well done, led. Uh, on to Victor Hovland top 10 plus 240 on Fando. Yeah. I just heard you peep his name. I didn't Hovland. miss that. <laughs> yeah, we hopped on to the Victor Hovland train earlier uh, than most last week for the FedEx St. Jude, and he came through big with a backdoor top 20 finish. I like Hovland even more this week in Delaware, and here's why. Number one, through all of the short game woes through 2022 for Hovland, he has been one of the most consistent drivers of the golf ball. Uh, ranking 18th in strokes gained off the tee on tour, and he doesn't give up an inch as far as his distance is concerned, averaging about 308 off the tee uh, per drive. Number two, he returns this week uh, to the only true surface that you can trust Hovland on, which is big grass. We know Victor uh, struggles big time chipping on the Grady Bermuda surfaces when he starts missing greens. But that's really not something that you're going to have to even think about this week at the the pure bank grass Wilmington uh, CC in Delaware. So my second pick to place is going to be Victor Hovland, top 10, plus 240 on FanDuel. Love that. Hopefully, hopefully the ball striking, uh, hopefully keeps that rolling. Um, I, I don't want to have to see him chip. I mean, I know we're on bank grass, but I, I'm I'm yeah. banking that he just hits, you know, 
uh, about 65 greens this week. I got to look at his bunker stats, but he left some scar tissue in my brain, at least in terms of, I remember him at Bay Hill. It was just like, get this thing inside 15 feet when he was in the bunker there. Hopefully he's uh, gotten that stuff figured out, but the ball striking. No, I been- watched him hit bunker shots last week. It's, it's all, all that's, all that's figured out. It, it was, it was at a, it was at a, it was at a scary spot halfway through this year. Um, yeah. it, it was, it was, it was kind of like what we saw post 2017 surgery from tiger at the hero when he was, when, you know, he was sculling shots across the green at Albany golf club. Yikes. Yeah. But you know, he came back from it. So, um, moving into my other pick to place, Cameron young top 10 plus two fifty. Strokes gained. Um, what's our what's that stat called? Hunger, I think, off yeah. the charts. Given the fact that Zalatoris Strokes gained it, I think Zalatoris breaking through is bulletin board material for Mister Cameron Young. Um, Cam Young putted awful last week at the FedEx St. Jude and still finished thirty first. That's you know the level of ball striking he's dealing with right now. Um, he actually had one of his best driving performances of the season and his second best iron performance uh, stats wise. This is a guy who has six top three finishes in his last nine starts. Cam Young is stupid long off the tee. And if he doesn't, <laughs> if he does miss a couple fairways at Wil- Willing- Wilmington CC, he should be able to advance the ball to the green. No problem. You only have to go back to the British Open when he was just hitting tw- hitting it 20 past Rory and uh, having to, you know, wait off to the side for Rory to hit to not disturb him. I'm sure you guys back at home know that feeling when you really step on a drive and then you're like, oh, my God, now I've got to wait to hit second. Cameron Young's going to be hitting second this week. It uh, doesn't matter who he's playing with. Um, with this top 10 play, I think we have to ride the hot hand in Cameron Young. I may even sprinkle his top five number as well. i got to look at that a little deeper. Um but yeah, Zal broke through last week. Is it Cam Young time now? I think I've seen him between uh, 35 to 1, 40 to 1. I don't mind a winning ticket um, on Cam Young. But for this pick to place, it's Cam Young top 10 plus 250. Lock it in. Yeah, I would say when you talk about strokes gained, it factor this week, it's got to be Rom or Young um, in, in, a, in a close race. Um, I say bag it to Cam Young's putting. Uh, this week, but uh, well done there. Led, are we, we're ready to move into winners. We are. Yeah. Okay. So I'll start us off here with John Rom, fourteen to one on Fanduel, and Rom currently sits number fourteen in the FedEx Cup standing. So if the Tour Championship started tomorrow, he would likely have zero chance to win um the end of the season race with the staggered start format at East Lake luckily he has this week in Delaware to improve his position in the standing so he at least has a chance to contend um in in uh, now a week and a half at at the tour championship um and, and here's why i think he's going to improve that ranking in a big way with a win in Delaware number 1 he's first in strokes gained off the tee on the PGA tour which is really the most important stat to look at this week. And number two, Rom is back on track with the irons after a rough fall. Uh, he now currently rakes a 19th in strokes gained approach. 
and is coming off a phenomenal iron week in Memphis. And finally, number three, we saw Rom in the dumps, in the gutter with the putter for the large portion of this season. Uh, but he has now picked up strokes on the greens uh, in seven of his last nine starts. And, you know, the only two events he did not putt well during that span was across the pond at the Scottish and the British. Um, I think Rom is finally at a place this season where all the aspects of his games and, of course, you know, his life uh, start to come together here uh, in Delaware. So my first winner is going to be John Rom, 14 to 1 on FanDuel. For my first outright, I'm going to be taking Joaquin Neiman at 40 to 1 on DraftKings. Neiman has not lost strokes off the tee since the Houston Open last wow. November. Um, if he gets the if he gets the irons dialed, he is a tough man to beat. Speaking of that, Joaquin last week was the third best iron player in the field at TPC Southwind. He's also gaining with the irons in five of his last six starts. I truly feel like this is a guy that is trending in the right direction. Uh, Joaquin Neiman's two best results this year have been on those kind of somewhat tree-lined golf courses. Obviously, the win at Genesis earlier in the year and a third-place finish at Memorial. Maybe a little bit of a course comp there, Doc, in terms of uh, you know seeing some of the pictures, some of the flyovers of Wilmington CC. There's definitely some... Uh, you know, obviously trees on both sides, you better hit this fairway that, you know, Memorial jumps out as one of those. Um, I'm also going to sprinkle some first round leader in there as well. Um, if I can find an appetizing number, if that's anywhere around that winning ticket number, Neiman, um, you know, he has a tendency to kind of get out to that hot start. He is not afraid to, you know, shoot 30 on the front nine. I think he could be a nice uh, first round leader. But um, for my first outright, it's Joaquin Neiman, 40 to one on DraftKings. Yeah, Joaquim, um, another guy who has played extremely well at some of these course comps. So good find there, uh, led on to my second winner uh for the BMW, Sahith the Gala, a hundred to one on Bet Online. And we're gonna pair that top ten ticket with this Thegala winning ticket. Uh we saw last week that Thegala was one of the first players to congratulate Will Zalatoris for his win. I was talking about the strokes gained it factor leaderboard. I would have to put, I would have to go Rom, Thigala, and then Cameron Young. Uh, you know, I, I sense a little bit of a closer relationship there between Thigala and Zal rather than, than Young and um, rather than Young and Zalatoris. I think there's kind of an A-Rod Jeter situation going on there, Led. Yeah, so I'm, you know, you're going with the friendship narrative. You know, I did see Figala, um, you know, fist bumping Zal when he got off the green, said congrats. Um, I'm going with the, you know, Cam Young's going with the F this. I should have won yeah. by now. Uh, you're going with a little bit more grit. Forget the friendship. We're not here to make friends type thing. Yeah. No, I see that. Uh, you know, now because, you know, Thigala ha has been one of the those young players that – you know, has had so many close calls with winning during the course of this, you know, 2022 season. He recorded two top 10 finishes in the fall in Jackson and in Phoenix. He was in contention at Valspar before finishing seventh. He, you know, the great play continued in the summer, finished fifth in Memorial, second at the Travelers, which, you know, the Travelers was not pretty. He, you know, he threw up 
all over himself on the 18th hole in that fairway bunker. Uh, but you know, the, the greatest winners led, they learn from their lessons, just like we saw Zal did last week. Okay. Let's relax on the Thagala heat at the travelers. You know, Xander had to win at some point, but you know, you know, had to win at some point, but those are two events, the Memorial and the travelers, uh, at two golf courses, Muirfield and TPC river highlands with very similar requirements to play well as the one we're seeing this week. Both courses favor bombers. Both courses have a very high rough and both courses have, you know, bent grass um, in which he puts so well on. We've seen, you know, in back-to-back weeks with Tom Kim and Will Zalatoris that the younger players are hungry to climb up the FedEx Cup points list. I think Sahith, uh, poses a huge threat to do the same exact thing this week. It's interesting to see, though, you know, when you look at this closing stretch, you know, you got the 17th hole that's loaded up with sand. You know, hopefully he doesn't get in a similar bunker situation that he was in at the Travelers. But, you know, I couldn't think of a, a better player to pick for my second winner at some longer shot odds. That's Sahith Thagala at 100 to 1 on Bet Online. Of that one, Doc. Uh, I am on that top 20 ticket this week. Uh, for my other pick to win, um, what do they say? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Is that a thing? Mm, yeah, um, that was a Bush quote. I can't think of the exact uh, terminology for it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think to get the point, though. Uh, I'm looking for fool me three times. I'm taking Hideki Matsuyama. 65 to one. I've been on the wrong end of a Hideki winning ticket several times this year. Uh, some of those, he hasn't even gotten two of those. He hasn't even gotten through two rounds, right? We only have to go back to the uh, face paint gate at Memorial. We have the uh, ejection out of the rocket mortgage, I believe. Uh, or no, that was the three M where he was uh, shooting 45 on the front nine um, withdrew from that one. But this is a guy who has two wins in the last calendar year. I don't think we are ever getting Hideki Matsuyama at 65-1 again unless he's, uh, you know, playing in the 2045 Masters as just a, uh, a past champion. Um, honestly, not very often we get a player like this at this high a number Um you know, if he is got a, if he does have a two shot lead late there on Sunday, obviously we're not shocked at all if he closes it, it out. He's done that, you know, already two times um, this year. Only two months ago, Hideki was making a run at the country club where he finished fourth. He made the cut at the British Open. As bad as it's been, it's not like there's still a light at the end of the tunnel. It's not like he's just, you know, coming off six missed cuts in a row like my dark horse next. Um, anyways. He's currently 15th in the FedEx Cup. If he wants to have any chance to contend at Eastlake, he does need a good week this week. He's picked up strokes putting in four of his last six. I think he has the irons to contend here. So Hideki Matsuyama, fool me. Don't fool me the third time at 65-1 to on DraftKings. Let's go. Okay, and uh, on to... Not, do not put him in your lineups. I will not re- be responsible for him showing up in your uh, lineups. You sure are. Do- but I do like the 65 to 1 uh, outright ticket. No picks to place, just an outright, an outright flyer. 
Lead Island is is on Hideki this week in Delaware. Uh, yes. On to our dark horses. I'm going. I have two. I have one. Uh, you know, I have, the, I have the normal dark horse. I'm gonna have a bonus for you. Um, but we'll start here with Scotty Scheffler, first round leader at 26 to one. I believe that Scotty Scheffler, who is eighth on tour as far as first round scoring is concerned, will come out guns blazing in Delaware this week. That is not me saying he's going to have a great week. I just want to make myself clear on that. Scotty Scheffler has not been putting well for some period of time right now. You know, I said, you know, most experts are not buying into that. Uh, you know, I, I know he said that last week in Memphis was an out of body experience on the greens, but as far as, you know, the stats are concerned, you know, Scotty is not putting like he was when he won four events and six starts. That being said, I think he finds a bandaid for his putting stroke that will propel him through, you know, the tension free first and second round. You know, I, I think we see that from so many other putters on the tour, uh, you know, the weekend pressure will suffocate Scheffler. He's going to throw up all over himself, you know, but that's not to say the same thing for round one and two. Uh, you know, I think he comes out firing and holds the first round lead after round one in Delaware. So that's going to be Scotty Scheffler, uh, first round leader, 26 to one um, on DraftKings Sportsbook. Yeah, I saw he lost like four and a half strokes on the greens on Thursday at the FedEx. So, uh, you know, if you could just flip that gain four and a half, you could be right in there for a first round leader. Um, here's my dark horse, Dejen Bet, whatever you want to call it. Hey, uh, and my apologies, that's Scotty Scheffler, first round leader, twenty six to one on FanDuel, not DraftKings on FanDuel. My apologies. No worries. Um, so for my dark horse, um, Doc, who do you think has the longest odds for a top twenty this week? Uh, say a random name you or just say I don't know. Uh, I would say, is it Sep? Wow, I I prepped you. Um, yes, a guy who finished, who lost in a playoff last week, who was about a Zalatoris shaky stroke away from winning the first FedEx Cup event, is now plus four hundred for a top twenty in a seventy person field. It, do they know something I don't know? Well, you missed um, six cuts. You missed six cuts in a row going to that, did miss going to that tournament. Cuts. But also, th- three days ago, he was playing the best golf of the year. You know? So, um, and this is a guy that won a PGA National. To give him credit, you know, it's a, it's yeah. the toughest course on tour. Um, you know, and uh, but I, you know, to back up the odds, you know, he just he's been playing all. Let's not, you know, sugarcoat it. He was on an MC bender. He missed six cuts in a row. Uh, but look back the last week. He gained strokes in every single category. I don't see why he couldn't have just hashtag found it. And now we are good to go for the playoffs. Um, he gained six with the putter last week. Even if he has an average putting week last week, he still finishes in the top 15 um, of that, of the FedEx. Uh, so, you know, now, if we can just copy paste the ball striking from last week at uh, and bring it over to Wilmington CC, I think a top twenty should be certainly in our grasp. One more little nugget, uh, which has nothing to do with this bet, but I saw a tweet. I believe it was from a Samantha Marks that said uh, Sep Straka travels with Diet Coke when he knows the tournament will be supplying Pepsi uh, products. Yeah, that, that's I a think- North thing. 
That's a North thing. Yeah. He probably, what yeah. Well, you know, they serve Pepsi up in New York, Boston, all that. Um, so he's probably going to be carrying a separate bag, sort of like Skip Bayless with his Mountain Dew. Sep will have a, a Diet Coke rolling golf bag. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that has nothing to do with the uh, bet. But honestly, I just feel like a guy who's just finished runner-up the week before should not be have the worst odds to finish top 20. I think we can take advantage of that. And his winning ticket is 200 to 1. Maybe Sep just found it. You know, sometimes you just get on a run. Maybe you make a little grip change and all of a sudden, uh, you know, things are locked in. It wasn't like a fluky week. It wasn't a 12 strokes on the greens. Uh, you know, week last week he did gain six. Uh, I think, you know, let's keep that ball striking going. Uh, you know, he's made one cut in a row. Let's make it two. Obviously, we have no cut this week. So, uh, you know, the way Sepp's playing, doesn't need to worry about a missed cut. Yeah, good Give point. top 20. You know, top 20 in the 70-person field. I think the guy who finished runner up the week before is capable of, uh, you know, finishing, you know, borderline, what, top half the field, you know, maybe a couple more birdies thrown in there. And there's our T18 and there's our cash plus 400 bet. So that's Sep Stracta, top 20 plus 400. And if you're feeling a little crazy like I am this week, sprinkle that 200 to one number because why not? Well done, Led. Good find. Uh, one more dark horse uh, for you. It's going to be KH Lee, top South Korean, plus 450 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, earlier today, I told you this earlier, Patrick Cantlay, who won the BMW in 2021 at Caves Valley, said Wilmington Country Club is reminiscent to Caves Valley in so many ways, but especially because you don't have a choice but to try to try to drive it as far as you can on every single hole. Well, another player who had a great finish at the 2021 edition of the BMW and is an outstanding driver of the golf balls, KH Lee. He finished T12 at Caves last year. He's had an up and down 2022. He won a second PGA Tour event this year, repeating his title to Byron Nelson. He's had six other top 10 finishes that have been sporadic across the season, but one happened to come last week at the St. Jude where he finished 20th and was exceptional from tee to green. I believe that out of this elite South Korean core of Sung J.M., Tom Kim, Siwoo Kim, and KH Lee, the underdog KH Lee at plus 450 will come out um, on top because you know this course is is set up for him it has his name written all over it Lee, 29th on the pga tour in total driving he's you know played very well on golf golf courses that resemble uh wilmington and i believe that he will be in the mix down the stretch on sunday to grab uh one of those 30 spots that will go to east lake next week so my final uh, Dark Horse, my bonus, KH Lee, top South Korean at plus 450 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Okay, guys, a quick break from the golf to tell you about a special going on over at pregame.com. Uh, go to pregame.com and click on buy picks and then scroll down to popular subscription discounts. Add the Fezzik NFL plus AJ Hoffman CFB package to your shopping cart. Simply add my coupon code BMW20 uh, and confirm your $99 discount before you check out. Once again, that is BMW20 
for a $99 discount on Fezzik NFL plus AJ Hoffman college football package to your shopping cart. Okay. The beat the Hitman NFL contest. Uh, the Hitman earned plus 52.65 NFL units last season. Uh, for this beat the Hitman NFL contest, the contestant who earns the most NFL units wins $500 cash. If the winner earns more than the Hitman did last year, then the contest winner gets an additional $500. That's $1,000 cash. Enter today. It's free. Just go to pregame.com and then click on contest to find the Hitman NFL contest. Okay, back to the golf. And let's get into those lineups. Um, I will fire it off. I'm going with strength in numbers this week, a little bit of a Warriors mentality. Um, not read too much on the uh, the studs, but going to start off with Xander Shoffley, who uh, hasn't three-putted since 2016, actually. That's not a true stat, but he is one of the top three guys in the field at three-point of, uh, sorry, three-putt avoidance, trying to get that Warriors thing in there. Um, so with the huge greens this week, I think that's going to be a big deal. Uh, next guy, Cameron Young. Uh, then we're going to throw in Sahith. Tigala, as you uh, as you're supposed to say, um, Joaquin Neiman, Taylor Pendrith, and then the caboose is going to be Aaron Wise. Doc, I know you like that one. Love Aaron Wise this week. He's in my lineup as well. This is how my lineup is going to go for this week. Tony Finau, uh, who I haven't talked about today, but as far as the driving is concerned, I mean, I don't know how you you know. I don't know what other guy you'd rather lead your lineup than Tony Finau. Um, you know, Victor Hovland's going to come up next, then Keegan Bradley, then Aaron Wise. Uh, I'm going to put Cameron Young in my lineup uh, because I like what you said, Led. You know, he's a good pick this week. And then to round up my caboose, one of my winners, Sahith Thagala. Uh, so that's going to be Finau, Hovland, Bradley, Wise, Young, and Thagala to round things out. On to our scoring predictions. Uh, Led, I'm going to go with 21 under wins this golf tournament. This will be an event that is going to look like it's going to be between you know 25 and 27 under by the end of Saturday. But then I'm seeing some showers on the forecast in Wilmington come Sunday. So whether it's Rom or Thagala, uh, one of them is going to win uh, while they get pissed on uh, in Delaware Sunday afternoon, in my opinion. 21 under is my score. I'm going to go with 19 under par, take mm. under, take the under a bit there. Um, you know, obviously a lot of the guys seen the course for the first time. Um, but yeah, who the hell knows how the, uh, you know, they're really going to set it up. It could be a bit of a, uh, you know, I feel like they tend to maybe play on the easier side when it's a new golf course. Cause the last thing that we want is the PJ tour players complaining. Only have mm. to go back to last year. Yeah. Cape. 27 under par was the winning score mm. um for that inaugural uh you know location there but yeah i you know i'm taking the under and i'm taking 19 under par okay okay so i'm i'm calling 21 lead has it at 19 we'll move into our best bet to round things off i'm gonna go john rom top 10 plus 140 on DraftKings Sportsbook. And one thing I didn't talk about in the favorites with Rom is how well he has performed um, on golf courses that are comparable to Wilmington over the years. The host of last year's BMW Caves Valley, uh, he finished ninth there. Belle Reve, 
You know, he finished fourth at the 2018 PGA Championship at Belle Reve. And Wilmington is also comparable to Congressional, where he finished T3 uh, at the 2016 Quicken Loans. And, you know, I said this earlier, you know, the second child thing, you know, it's in full effect. A few weeks after, you know, Rom, uh, you know, had his first child, he won the U.S. Open at Torrey and talked about the perspective he had when he when his first child was born and, you know, how he's going to be more patient of a player and talked about how he was going to be more aware of his temper on the golf course and all that other bullshit that forms, uh, you know, a good winning story for the riders. You know, but here we are about a year and a half later and Rom, you know, just had his second kid. You know, he's due for another winning winning interview where we're hearing about another newfound perspective and all the other BS you hear from men, you know, after they have a kid. You know, I, I think here's the bottom line. Only winning the Mexico Open isn't going to do it for Rom in 2022 because that was a borderline corn fairy field. Uh, borderline at best. You know, Tony Finau was in contention there. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. Other than that, it was no different than the field you'll see, you know, up in Quebec, uh, you know, for a candidate tour event. You know, John Rom will 100% be in one of those final three groups on Sunday with a chance to win on the back nine. So my best bet's going to be John Rom top 10 plus 140 on DraftKings Sportsbook. And for my best bet this week, I'm going to be taking Taylor Pendrith top 20 plus 220 on DraftKings. Before last week's mediocre result, Taylor came into the playoffs with five straight finishes of 13th or better. He's gained strokes off the tee in 10 straight events and has been doing it with both power and accuracy. Everyone seeing the course for the first time, I think that gives the PGA rookie an advantage over past weeks. You know, Doc, say what you will, but it's an advantage for Webb Simpson to be going to the Wyndham and playing Sedgefield for the 15th year in a row um, versus, uh, you know, some of these guys, obviously, you know, these rookies seeing it for the first time. I think in a smaller field, if the putter cooperates, he should be locking up his sixth top 20 in seven starts. So that's Taylor Pendrith, top 20, plus 220 for my best bet this week. Okay, thanks for for listening today for the BMW Championship here on the Golf Preview Podcast on RJ Bell Dream Preview. Uh, Best of luck with everyone in their picks, Led. Great job today, and we'll see you next week for the Tour Championship. Peace.